Hello and welcome to the Uncapped Podcast, brought to you by Roast House Pub, one of Frederick's finest craft beer and culinary destinations, where great people come to drink amazing beer. Visit them to track their taps and menu at roasthousepub.com, or download the digital pour app to track what's on tap. This is episode 95, and I'm your host, Chris Sands. And joining us in studio this week is Dan Maseka from Crooked Crab Brewing Company. Thanks for coming in, Dan. Hey, of course. I'm happy to be here at last. And even more exciting, this is the first episode in like two months that we're live streaming. So if anyone's listening and have questions, fire away. Cool. Um, so one, thank you for making the drive all the way out here in what has been tr- horrendous weather off and on throughout the day. So hopefully you hit a window of uh, sun instead of pouring torrential downpours. Yeah, it wasn't so bad. My car is clean now. <laughs> how um how far of a drive is that? It's about like an hour and a half or so? Uh, it's about an hour if, okay. if you're going off off traffic. Um, so you're located in Odenton. Mm-hmm. And that where is that near for people on this side of the state that may not necessarily be familiar with that town? Sure. So the biggest landmark is probably BWI. We're about 15 minutes from BWI, right near Fort Meade. Um, so if you're going up 95, the big road is 32. And um, we're just a hop, skip, and a jump from there. It's ridiculously easy to get to. Yeah. And, uh, if you just follow navigation, like it's a couple turns off of the highway and super easy to find. Definitely. And a good stopover point if you're heading to Baltimore or Annapolis. Uh, we're just a few minutes from each of those. All right, so first, and I think we could probably all get an idea of where the name of the brewery came from, right. but can you just give us a little bit of background of how you landed on Crooked Crab? Sure. Right? Well, um, the three founders are all Maryland boys, and we knew we wanted to represent the state, and what's more Maryland than a blue crab? Uh, so we knew a crab was going to be featured somewhere in there, but what was going around that was a tough thing to come up with, and we started pitching ideas forever and we would just text each other stupid names that we had and uh what's one of the stupid ones well what i thought was the (laughs) stupidest one when i found out what it actually was uh was what turned out to be crooked crab because earl had texted me cooked crab which (laughs) i don't know what he was thinking uh but i read it as crooked crab which to me sounded awesome okay and the second i said that everyone was like yeah that is that is pretty cool that's much better than cooked crab (laughs) yeah i think so that was that's stupid then our crab would be red instead of blue um it's actually kind of amazing that we've gone so long without having a brewery named with the crab in the name of it yeah i was kind of surprised but we're happy to be what i'm sure won't be the last but at least the first one in maryland so we have a reporter that works here that recently wrote a column about making fun of Marylanders uh-huh. with their crabs and the Maryland flag. So I'll point him out to you, and if you want to just slap him in the head and sure. pass. Sure, he w- He doesn't understand the fixation of Marylanders with crabs and our flag. Oh, we're freaking proud. We, we had to... Uh, <laughs> We had to hold back on putting the flag everywhere because we thought maybe that's a little too cliche, even though we really want to. Um, <laughs> but at least we've got the, the blue crab representing. Um, it was funny when we were doing our graphic design, how many people from out of state didn't understand the nuance between a blue crab and just any crab, uh, which we were pretty picky about. See, actually, I I don't either, but I'm not a native Marylander. Gotcha. Um, so like when uh, Guinness opened their mm-hmm. test tap room, and they, they have the huge crab right. on their wall, but it, it's a classic um, ad campaign, artwork from an ad. Right. And 
I don't know what kind of crab that is, but apparently it's not a Maryland blue crab. So a no. bunch of people lost their minds that, and we're calling Guinness stupid even. So like, remember they had to put something out like, look, this is a classic ad. We know it's not a Maryland blue crab. Yeah, I'd seen it before. So I, when I saw it, I didn't flip out. I knew. <laughs> we still love them. So what were you doing before you decided to open a brewery? Sure. So, so I was a, or am actually a, a financial planner. Uh, so I have a finance background. That's what I studied at Maryland. Uh, my partner Earl was in um, project management for an IT company. Uh, he's currently the GM at the brewery. Uh, he was also the home brewer who kind of started this initiative. And then my partner Alex uh, did digital marketing strategy. And I, I couldn't tell you what that means if you beg <laughs> me. So he's the one to make sure you guys are staying in front of people. That's though. right. That's right. It's interesting that you guys are kind of like a lot of other breweries where you have a well-rounded backgrounds to cover almost every aspect of running the business. Yeah, I, I don't know what we would do otherwise um, because there is a lot involved in getting a brewery started. Uh, you know, brewing is just one of those things. And actually, we brought in uh, another partner, Andrew, to handle the production brewing because even though Earl was a great home brewer, he'd never brewed on a big system before. Um, so we felt much better bringing in a, a specialist for that. Um, but you know, going through the process, I have so much respect for anyone who's trying to do it on their own or even with just one other person because it was almost like three full-time jobs to get it started. Yeah. I was, just, I was talking to someone over the weekend and they were saying that they don't, they think the current trend is going to be like most people opening breweries now are going to be hiring brewmasters. Mm -hmm. That there's going to be very few people who open a brewery, a brewery, and they're the ones doing the brewing because right. there's so much involved besides the actual brewing of the beer of running a brewery. Right. Yeah. I mean, you'd have to never sleep. You'd have to be brewing kind of overnight instead of during the daytime. Yeah, and then I get, and part of their point too was that like with all the added competition and the amount of great beer there's coming through, you really need someone who has experience and has been brewing at a production level to be able to compete nowadays. Yeah, and and the beer uh, consumer right now is also very uh, picky. I would say that's a nice way to uh, put unforgiving it. Unforgiving yeah. is the word I'm looking for. And so vocal. Right. Unforgiving and vocal. <laughs> so if you're not coming out of the gate with like a heavy hitting product, you know, it can be tough to rebound, you know, and some people won't, you know, won't come back or won't give it a try. So, so it is difficult if you're starting out and, you know, trying to put something new out there because they're going to judge you immediately. Um, and I think one of the great things about Maryland beer is we are having so many new breweries opening up with so many different kinds of products and experimental stuff that you know it's always cool to find something new and see what a brewery is going to put out next and you know keep going back for more so <clears throat> let's go back in time when was it and what was going on when you're like forget what i'm doing now i'm opening a brewery yes so i think it was august of 2015 earl alex and i were drinking at a brewery in rockville uh, which is now no more um, Banghound Brewing, and we had just planned a round of golf. We'd been there for a little bit and had probably too many beers, and we're all just talking about our lifelong dreams. And obviously, it came out that all we ever wanted in our lives was to own a brewery and pour our beer for people. And uh, we said, you know what, we we can do this. And I think 
the underlying sentiment that we didn't vocalize was we're never going to do this. This is stupid. You know, we have jobs and yeah. families, but we decided we'd business plan for it anyway and see if maybe we could talk ourselves into it. And uh, I'm not sure we talked ourselves into it, but no one talked us out of it. And then uh, before we knew it, we had a lease on a place and we're kind of pot committed. And I think it was the biggest blessing we ever had. Um, but it was a long process. It, it, it was like two years to get to that point. So, um, you know, we put a lot of thought into it before taking the dive. Uh, but that's what happened. We were drinking at Bang Hound and looked around us and said, you know what, this would be pretty cool uh, to do something just like this. And uh, that's how we kicked it off. So no one had a wife or a significant other who was like, no, this is a bad idea. Let's keep your job and <laughs> let's stay with a steady stream of income. They might have thought that, but they didn't tell us that. So, um, you know, thanks to them, you know, they, they had to sign documents, too, to make this happen. <laughs> so they could have stopped us if they really wanted to. And you just recently had a um, your first child, right? Yeah, she's a little over five weeks old now. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm often surprised by how many people decide to open a brewery right around the same exact time of having a kid, because that could not have made either part of your life easier. No, it, it certainly didn't. And yeah, I was thinking the same thing because, you know, every image I have of new breweries is families with, with young children. You don't have to go too far down the road, you know, to Attaboy to see uh, them with their two kids now. Yeah. And, um, but, uh, you know, I think that's probably a testament to the, to the type of environment that breweries are trying to build because, you know, I do think of family centered places where you can bring your kids and, you know, that's also the mindset of the owners where we want families to come and, you know, build memories together, um, you know, around a community. And you guys, you're very new, right? Yeah. It, how how long have you been open? Now? We're five months old. Yeah, so how has the fir first five months gone? It's been great. I think we're, we've been really blessed to be in a place that's really embraced us. Uh, I couldn't be happier to be in Odenton uh, where, you know, people take pride in, in their businesses. Uh, so at this point, you know, almost anyone walking through the door, I, I know and they know me. They know my family. Congratulate me on the baby. Um, so uh, I love it over there. Uh, so in the tap room has been great, and we've been getting our product out in Anne Arundel County, too. Uh, so I always get a kick out of going to a restaurant and ordering, you know, a haze for days because it's on the tap list over yeah. there. Um, and there's not really a lot of competition in that direct area right no so the nice thing is their brewery is not too far away so if you wanted to go and kind of hit a couple breweries you could easily go from us to jailbreak to hysteria black flag without kind of yeah, driving it's a close little cluster there but like directly by you there's yeah not a whole lot no it's us and then you know some great restaurants to grab some lunch or dinner before or afterwards which is great so did any of those neighboring breweries help you is there anyone you went to a lot for help that kind of you really owe being yeah, able to get so there going. Yeah, so there are definitely a couple. I, I grew up in Rockville with Alex, and when Seven Locks opened, you know, we were excited to see them because they were our local brewery. Yeah. And um, Jim and the guys over there definitely gave us some some great advice as we were in the really early stages. And then they came and celebrated with us when we opened our doors. Um, I'll never forget the week before we opened and we were overnight constructing everything. Uh, Justin from Jailbreak knocked on the door at like 1230 at night. 
I was pissed. I'm like, who would bother to come to my door, you know, while we're clearly working? And then, you know, it was him bringing well wishes, making sure he knew or we knew that he was available if we needed anything. Uh, Ty from Hysteria. So it, it's a great community. And, um, you know, without. Ty's just everywhere. He and is everywhere. All around great guy. <laughs> That's true. So, so, you know, big thanks to all of them. And we still reach out to them to this day anytime something comes up. You know, we bought a Crowler machine recently and we called Ty to see what what they did because i knew they had one yeah um, which one do you go with i forget what it's called is it the dixie or the, no it's like the the something the oscar fast. blues one i forget okay i regret it's it already it's <laughs> <laughs> it shocks me every day <laughs> not a glowing uh endorsement for the no let's chalk that up to operator error yeah, and okay. let's not put a, a stain on their business yet <laughs> oh it's good you can't remember the name anyway right. so <laughs> so what um do you have a certain philosophy towards the styles of beer you want to brew or are you, do you guys are you equal opportunity drinkers and producers where you just across the board, you'll make anything that pops into your head? Yeah, I think it's mostly the latter. So when we opened our philosophy was we wanted to brew things that we wanted to drink. Uh, and I think that shines through on our year round beer list. Um, what I hear more than anything is people are excited that they can come and find something that they would drink, whether they're hop heads who love IPAs and pails, or whether they hate IPAs and they can go to something like a cream or a brown, which we always have on the board. Um, and then where we really play around is with our seasonals. So until now, you know, New England's have been, been the really big thing. Yeah. Um, but I'm particularly excited yeah, looking I've heard the people fall. like New England style IPAs. Yeah, I've seen one or two on the market. They're not bad. <laughs> Um, and then in the fall, we're going to look towards more uh, lagers, which I'm pretty pumped about. So um, we're looking at doing an Oktoberfest and a Vienna. So I think that'll be a nice change of pace and keep things interesting for us, too, as brewers and, and drinkers. This may be the year for the opportunity to um, for local breweries to get October their Oktoberfest out into the market and showcased more. Because mm-hmm. uh, last week... It looks like from the pictures that the vast majority of Sad Madam's supply of Maryland's Oktoberfest may not quite be usable at this moment. So. I saw that. I almost <laughs> hopped in my car and, and drove really fast out here because that was a tragedy. So, But it, it may be an opportunity for the uh, local beer producers. Yeah, who knows? And who I, knows? I saw one uh, Keith Core from Waradaka took uh-huh. the opportunity to point out that people could come to Waradaka and try his Oktoberfest when it comes out. That's so. true. It's definitely <laughs> worth a visit. Definitely worth a visit. All right, so let's, um, let's take a real quick break to thank the sponsors that make the Uncapped podcast possible. A huge thank you to our presenting sponsor, Roast House Pub, which is located at 5700 Urbana Pike in Frederick, Maryland. If you have listened to this podcast before, you have definitely heard me go on and on about the beer dinners that Chef Nico creates. Simply put, they are amazing. But Roast House Pub has much more to offer. Their friendly staff is knowledgeable about beer and will help you choose from among the 20 beers they have on tap. In addition to the awesome beer selection, the food is always amazing. Make sure to follow them on Facebook, And check their website at www.roasthousepub.com to keep up to date on their constant stream of events. And thank you to our supporting sponsor, Craft Alliance Packaging Solutions. Craft Alliance Packaging Solutions has been serving the craft beverage industry since 2012 and prides itself in helping their customers excel in a constantly growing industry. 
From concept to cooler, Caps offers solutions to your packaging needs, providing mobile bottling services, technical support, keg repair, rental bright tanks, and much more. It is their goal to help you grow your brand and your business and make your product stand out. Be different, look different. For more information, visit capsbottles.com. So what uh, size brew house do you guys have? We've got a 15-barrel brew house, and most of our, or all of our fermenters are 30 barrels. So we could double up batches if we wanted to um, and brew a big one or, or keep it to 15 or even do a, a half batch to stay flexible. That's nice. So you guys went, you went all in right off the bat to a big boy system. Yeah, we committed. Uh, you know, I think a, a, kind of a blessing and a curse for a lot of people is, you know, they, they start up and find success and then outgrow their system pretty quickly. Um, which is great, but it also can be chaotic because if you're in the middle of running a business to switch out your tanks can be a lot of work. Um, but we also knew we wanted to be a production brewery. So, you know, some people model their business out of, uh, bringing people to the tap room, but we wanted to get our beer out into the world. And to do that, we really need to be able to produce some volume. That's awesome though. Uh, Cause at least I know, um, locally in Frederick, we yeah. have old mother who's mm-hmm. right in the middle of two breweries at this moment right. they, they shut down their old one over the weekend and in some time in the future they'll be opening the new one and i know from talking to those guys that was no easy feat yeah. to keep one place running while trying to build out and move to a second location which in union just went through the same thing so yeah they did I haven't been out to the new one yet. Did you make it to their yeah, opening? I I would highly recommend going there. It's like a little playground. Yeah, I'm excited about that. And it's there's not, free ski ball. I, so I, that alone is worth going. I wish I could say I was good at it because it seems like something I would be very competitive at, but um, I don't think I am. I always hit that whatever the 0.1 is, no matter how hard I try. So I we um, – we were going to make a quick video of me playing it and Graham told me like, well, make sure you like, I think he was mocking me uh-huh. to hit the 40. So just to shove it in Graham's face one more time, I took the opportunity to sink a 50 on the first try. Nice. You got to stop there then. I did. Cause I, that's probably the first time I ever have in my life. Right. <laughs> so what is your favorite style of beer? What, like, and are you doing any brewing or is it all the... the no, you, you don't want me to do brewing. Uh, <laughs> Andrew's the one who's... Uh, so you're the consumer of the group. Right, exactly. I think one day my goal is Earl, who was actually the original brewer of the bunch. Uh, I'm trying to get him to do a pilot batch with me and maybe test a recipe or two and, and get my hand in it. Um, but I tell everyone, you don't want me touching touching the beer. I can clean a keg every now and then, but that's, that's about <laughs> it. Um, I love almost all beers the joke about me is i'm the guy who'll rate everything a five on untapped because you know what's not to like about most beers and it's a a very rare occasion where i find something that i don't like and well that helps to um even out the people that go through and just rate everything a one right exactly (laughs) i'm on a mission yeah Although someone explained to me, which I had no idea they did, because I did that for a while also, uh-huh. where I rated everything between a four and a five. Uh-huh. So I figured even if I didn't like something, right. I was giving it a four to offset people who are like, I don't like an IPA. It's a one. Right. Um, but then someone told me that uncapped, I mean, untapped follows like what you're rating people uh-huh. and then 
does like a weighted score. If you're someone that does all fives, your five doesn't count as much as someone who gives a lot of lower oh, scores. Cool. That's pretty interesting. Which I, on part of me thinks that that's crap, but then I guess <laughs> it I that was probably put in as a way to counteract the people who go and just uh, rate everything down. Right, right. The best thing to do is to well. I think it was originally created as like a personal reference, and now it's just a, a bragging platform. And I'm all, I'm all over it too, so you know I can't trash it. But. I used to be much more into it, and now it's it's mainly I mean, probably laziness that <laughs> I don't check into bears right. as often. Like I always think like oh I'll check into all these later, and then I never get around to it. Yeah, who needs that memory? I don't need yes. a, a record of the 46 beers I drank in Charlotte. Well, yeah, and I guess in. The craft beer climate, especially now that there are so many local places, I almost find it to be less relevant Mm -hmm. because almost any place I go to locally, they're probably not even going to have the same things that were on tap a month ago. So if unless it's their year round things Mm -hmm. and then I'm going to remember if I like that or not. Right. Because that's how I used it as a means to when I went to um bottle shop to pick out mm-hmm. new beers that I haven't tried or if it was something I like. But now everything I try typically it's the first time I'm having it. So I don't right. need a reference point. Right. That's true. So I don't know do you find that is that the same way that you were using and the same experience you have with it now? Or? Yeah, definitely. I'll still sometimes hop on if I'm looking at bottles I've never had to see what the general public thought of it. Uh but yeah mostly just a habit that i can't kick now so as a brewery owner now though Mm -hmm. what are your feelings on untapped i don't care i think people should do (laughs) what they want i use it earl uses it we all have fun with it well do you do you read of course anyone who says they don't is lying (laughs) you want to see what people are saying but i think we don't put a lot of stock into it i always joke with everyone about this one guy who rates all our beers between a half and a one. <laughs> Why does he keep coming back? <laughs> I see him every week. So I'm like, you know what? Well, he's a regular That's and he's cool. buying beer. So. Yeah, and for all I know, he loves it. But he has fun at the brewery. So uh, you know, I know who he is. And he's a, he's a good guy. He, and he's a good customer of ours. So who cares what he That's puts really there? That's really weird. Yeah. Have you ask, ever asked him why? No, I, w- I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I'd be really curious to know why if he dislikes your beer so much that he's there every... Does he leave like... Comments, comments also no, or no, it's, it's always just, just, just a, a number maybe he rates everything from zero to one yeah it, <laughs> he, i mean he loves lining kugel so maybe i know what his palate is but we don't have that <laughs> yeah that yeah your beer is definitely different than lining yeah power you know man should know what he wants that's really interesting though i would like expect someone who's like consistently rated a brewery so low that they like at some point they would stop going there right but terry you keep coming back man <laughs> i'm happy to see you every every week so what we usually save this towards the end of the episode uh-huh. but now that we're talking about reviews what's the worst review you've received in the in the last five months like uh, where you just looked at and you're like come on so it's actually a good story so early on someone had tried our haze for days and said it tasted like toilet water i'm like wow that's pretty pretty extreme uh and it just so happens that that guy came back to the brewery after a brief exchange that i a friendly exchange i had online with him on facebook uh where i'm like you know hey man you know we're always putting out new stuff maybe what we had on tap wasn't for you but hopefully you come back and try some of the new things and i guess that sparked him to come back and, and see what we had going on now 
and he tried the haze for days again and it tasted totally different to him and he's like wow this is really good uh and it turns out he had had it at a restaurant before and oh, you know you lose control over yeah, how they're treating so they their may drink. not have cleaned the lines or yeah so there's always a story behind everything and and maybe sometimes there isn't maybe someone just doesn't like something but that was the one that stuck with me i'm like wow this is you don't want to put toilet water out yeah, in the market. That's... Well, at least he didn't pick up any hints of toilet water the second time around. Right. He loved it the second time <laughs> around. So I was appreciative that he took the time to let Earl was behind the bar that day. So he stopped Earl to let him know that story, yeah. uh, which, you know, it's always good to hear and, and also good to know who's not cleaning their draft lines. Yeah. You may want to give them uh, yeah tips on how to serve your beer from yeah. now on or not send, send it, yeah. what is probably still somewhat of a limited supply of your beer to right. them to maybe the louder um yeah the i um the the beer i made with uh monoxy brewing company yeah i obsessively read the the reviews on that one right and they they made another batch of it recently uh-huh. and i think the same thing happened with them there was mm. one um, place that all these bad reviews came from. It, mm. I can't remember what restaurant it was now, but like almost every review of the beer from that place was bad. And like someone had posted about liking the beer and all the flavors mm-hmm. that they were getting. And then one of the replies was someone who tried it at that restaurant or bar and how horrible it was. So like I can, from that instance, I got that's got to be scary. As a yeah. brewery owner, where if that's the only experience that they have with your beer and they don't, you hadn't noticed that and you didn't proact. So, did you, you proactively contact them? Or, well, I saw it on a, a Facebook page on the Maryland Beer Drinkers yeah. page, uh, where he posted something and, uh, you know, a chain went on. And he's yeah. like, I'm sure these are nice guys. I'm like, Hey, you know, thanks. I am crab here. Yeah, <laughs> we're nice guys. Please come back. And and he, and you know, I really appreciate that he took the the time to do that because most people would be like, you know what, you know, that was a bad experience. Yeah, but plenty of so breweries. thankfully you're you are there. You responded and had an uh, exchange. Yeah, because if you hadn't and no one had seen that and no one said like, hey, no, you should give them a second shot. Right, he possibly could have just written you completely off for something that wasn't even your fault. Right, exactly. And like I said, for some people, they might not like what we do, and that's that's fine too. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I'd hate to... But you just don't want toilet water and the, right, exactly. <laughs> the reason why they don't like you. Yeah. And uh, as far as uh, restaurants, you know, not to knock them too much, but sometimes the, the draft line situation is more than just them not cleaning draft lines because a lot of places have distributors do that for yeah. them. And we've run into the situation where distributors will leave off the lines where independent distributed beers are uh oh. so it you know and it when that's happened to us credit to andrew he's driven out to accounts and cleaned a draft line to yeah. make sure that his product is presented well but i'm not sure every brewery can do that or even knows that that's an issue um so you know sometimes you know the little brewery gets gets screwed out of that because the distributors don't care about you and and why should they yeah but you know, they, they explicitly leave you off because you're not in their in their domain and the restaurant doesn't take the time to do it because they figure it's taken care of. That's where so do the does the restaurant or bar like are they under the assumption that every line is being done or is it known I'm not that sure. they're only So in the case that I know of, uh, 
where Andrew had to go out and do that, they knew that the line wasn't clean and they said, hey, you know, XYZ distributing normally does this for us. Can you come in and do this for your line? And it's like, all right, yeah, like we need to do that. So he, he drove okay. out. So, you know, I guess I wouldn't know in the situations that they didn't yeah, know. Yeah. Uh, we've also run into situations where new restaurants are opening up and are carrying our beer and the distributor would set up their entire draft system for them and they would leave off the spots for uh, self-distributed beers. So the opening day was coming and they're like, we don't have anywhere to put your beer. <laughs> Can someone come and install like a line for you guys? And we'll have to like shuttle out and and hook them up. So it's it's been an interesting learning experience as far as how those, uh, I'm not gonna say those, It's it's been one place uh, deals with uh, some self-distributed breweries. Okay. So what, um, so unfortunately you, you weren't able to make it to the brewery to bring your own beer, which, no. uh, um, but you were awesome enough to provide, um, some other ones yeah. as a true beer geek does. Um, so I think that shows to like, you definitely must've been very into craft beer before you opened the brewery. Yeah, man. So we had the Goza from Aslan, which yeah. was awesome. I love that thing. I really it's think. Passion so, fruit, dragon fruit. And uh, I was able to stop by last weekend because I was in Virginia. I'm like, I'm close enough. I may as well get in line. Um, and the way I describe it, it's like when you're walking through the mall past the Tiavana shop and you get all those yeah. like tea smells like that's if that were made into a beer, this would be it. Yeah. And just with some salt added instead yeah. of a sweetener. Yeah. It's, it's a beautiful thing. It's a great summer beer. So what which one do you think we should go to next? So what I cracked the other day, which I really liked, is actually RAR's Richard Pictures right okay. here. And I'm embarrassed to say it took me forever to get the name. I'm like, Richard Pictures. I'm like, I see a lot of Richards on the can, and they're pictures of him, but why why Richard Pictures? And then it occurred to me like while I was drinking it that Richard is, you know, Dick is short for Richard. And it's like, oh, jeez. Oh. I I didn't pick that up either. Okay, so I'm so, not the only no, one. No, you're not the only one because when I, I I I had the same um, response whenever I was when it, whenever they first posted the the pictures of the can release they were doing in the name. I'm like, okay, typically I can get the reference <laughs> of why. I was like, am I missing why it's funny to have a bunch of pictures of people named Richard? Now that is. And the answer is yes. Yeah, yeah. Now, now it, it turns out it is absolutely funny. <laughs> yeah, I was staring. I was like, can I get all these Richards? And I'm like, oh, I'm just looking at a bunch of dick pics, apparently. <laughs> so this is an American double. Yeah, and, and I love everything RAR puts out. They've been doing a lot of great sours lately, uh, but I'm glad they went back to some double IPAs, which they always crush. So uh, if you haven't been out to Cambridge, Maryland... You may want to consider doing that. What um, so you said you have um a selection of beers that will be your year rounders. What, yeah. What are those going to be? So we have five year round beers. Um, the first is our cream ale, which is a nice, light, refreshing beer. A great gateway craft beer if you're not usually into drinking like those heavy IPAs and stouts. Um, Haze for Days is our best seller. It's a New England pale. Uh, we have a nice uh traditional IPA, a brown ale, which I think is the sleeper pick of the bunch uh, because browns are, you know, notoriously boring and watered down and dull, but I think ours is very much the opposite. And then uh, the last year round is a coffee stout, 
which is light bodied and coffee forward. Uh, we brought it to the Maryland Craft Beer Festival and pretty much I, I said, if you're looking for that morning pick me up and you didn't hit Starbucks, this is like cold <laughs> brew coffee. And uh, we went through a bunch of that. Do you use a local uh, roaster? We do. Port? So we use Chesapeake Bay Coffee Roasters okay. who are just down the road for us. And, and, and they've been great. And they even now, it's called High Joltage. And they even nice. sell High Joltage coffee beans now at their store. Uh, that's cool. Yeah, it's it's a good beer. Um, so fitting into the the community aspect of breweries and being parts of the community mm-hmm. and helping out a lot. You recently, along with Naptown Pint, held a fundraiser for yeah. the Capital Gazette. Right. Um, can you give me a little bit of a background on how that came together and w- what made you decide to do that? Sure. Well, um, the Capital Gazette, I think, was an important part of our startup because they were really the first publication to pick up on us opening up. Uh, you know, we were the first production brewery in Anne Arundel County. Uh, so they wrote about us early, early on, and and you know we always appreciated them for us or for that, um, and they've always been a big uh, place that covers craft beer locally. Uh, so they were always special to us. Liz also has been a big part of our brewery from the beginning. Uh, we did a couple podcasts with her, and and you know being the Naptown Pint girl, she was always eagerly awaiting a brewery to open up in her yeah. backyard. Uh, so when we did, she was quick to reach out to us and you know we've seen her a lot since then um and obviously you know she's a part of the gazette family as well so so when that happened in our backyard i think it hit us all really hard um and in situations like that i think the toughest thing is the feeling that you can't do anything um and you know i think liz was really the driving force behind it um and to be a part of of that event and give her a platform to help and do something good uh, you know, helped us feel like we could actually do something in a moment where, where most people feel, feel paralyzed. And, and it was really wonderful. We had, you know, a huge turnout. I think we did some, some real good, raised a lot of money uh, for the families. And we're happy that we can, we can be a place to do things like that. Yeah, I was unfortunately out of town when that was taking place, but I saw the pictures posted, and it looked like your tap room was pretty much wall-to-wall people. Yeah, it, it was jam-packed. Uh, we had Jimmy Haha from Jimmy's Chicken Shack uh, come out and uh, and play a set. The Foo oh, cool. Fighters signed a shirt. Uh, no way. That we ra- that we auctioned off. Yeah, so um, that's cool. You know, have you seen the Press On logo um, that's being used to promote kind of fundraisers for this event? The, the one from the guy from Scribe? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, someone got that shirt to them the night before. They were performing in Maryland, and the whole band signed it, and, and they brought it back, and we, oh, we wow. uh, auctioned it off. So that was pretty cool. Uh, lots of local businesses gave items for donation. A ton of local breweries sent stuff over. Uh, Frederick Brewery sent stuff, too. Uh, I tried to win. We had, there was a pair of uh, vans from Flying Dog like oh, custom yeah, the, bands those high tops that they made i love they weren't my size but i didn't care i was gonna <laughs> yeah. cut the toes off and wear them anyway <laughs> but i didn't i didn't win anything <laughs> we, we raised a ton of money. it was like uh seven thousand dollars or somewhere awesome. thereabout. and then um the fund is is matching everything too so i think hopefully that makes a pretty big impact yeah i i know as like us being it sitting in a newspaper right now right. We, like it, that was definitely something it hit close to home to us so when i saw that you were teaming up with liz to do that i thought that was a great 
a great gesture and well, not even just a gesture, a great thing that you did. Yeah. And, and we're thankful to everyone who turned up because, you know, it wouldn't have been anything if people didn't come. So I think uh, everyone cared a lot. So the, you said you, you've already dove into some distribution. Yeah. How many accounts do you have at this point? Uh, close to 40. So that's kind of, I mean, for how new you are, yeah. like you've, you've really dove right in there. Cause I, I know from talking to some other uh, breweries, like that's one part where like, we, we need to do that slowly. The distribution's a hard part to figure out. Yeah, it is. And, and the economics of distribution are really interesting, but I think uh, the reason the number is high, at least relative to what I expected, is because we are focusing on super local accounts. Okay. So even within Odenton, you know, there are three or four places that are carrying our beer regularly, and they're happy to, to carry a beer that's brewed down the road, and the consumers are also happy to drink it. So it's a, it's a win-win over there. Um, and then, you know, we're really looking mostly around Anne Arundel County, uh, with the exception of, you know, some places that are known for extensive craft beer lists uh, that we're, we're getting into as well. So what, um, other than your own beer, mm -hmm. what is your favorite Maryland-produced beer? I was asked that the other day, actually. Uh, if I'm buying something off the shelf, I'll go for an RAR Nanocoke Nectar every day. It's a popular uh, popular choice. Yeah, and if, if you find it fresh, and, and you actually do, I'm shocked how, how many places carry Nanocoke that's brewed like that week. Uh, you can't really beat it for, for something you're just buying at your local local beer store and um we already got your uh bad review right. unless you have um another good story to tell um although that was a, that was a, that was one of the better ones yeah that was that was pretty memorable i mean you know there are millions of bad reviews if you want them but uh, you <laughs> know the, the one that we uh, we also get is you know our coffee style i i always describe as cold brew coffee uh-huh if you don't like coffee, you're not going to like that beer because it is coffee. And uh, some people just don't like coffee. And uh, yeah, you would think if you're one of those people, you would avoid a coffee stout. Right. And I guess, you know, in fairness, some coffee stouts are very subtle. So if, you, or if you're used to like big imperial coffee stouts, which have more chocolate notes, perhaps, yeah. uh, maybe you'd expect something like that. Uh, but when we brewed a coffee stout, we wanted it to be coffee because if you're going to put it in the name, yeah, it better there should shine be, through. There should be some coffee there. Yeah. So, you know, I read that and I'm like, you know, that just wasn't for you. Glad you tried it. But yeah. so what do you have coming up that you'd like to tell everyone about? Uh, so the most recently brewed batch was actually a um, raspberry mango sour, which you can get in the tap room now. Uh, coming up next, actually, was it, it was today or yesterday, we brewed the American Fruit Ninja Warrior, which is <laughs> a uh, New England style IPA. Uh, it should be great with very bright fruit notes. It's inspired by a um, ghost tap that we did a couple months back where we ran our haze for days through a randall with all sorts of fruits. And people were pretty stoked about that. So we decided to brew a real batch of it. Nice. And then in the fall, we're looking towards lagers. So, uh, you know, come September, October, hopefully come by the brewery, get some Oktoberfest and celebrate, uh, celebrate fall with us. Hopefully you don't have any um, trucking accidents with no. yours. The trucking, <laughs> the trucking accident would involve our, forklift. our little van <laughs> with a quarter million miles on it. <laughs> 
so who um who takes care of the sales when you're going uh, out in the area it's that... re- really a team effort so um earl does a lot of sales uh, we have a guy tony who's been a part of our, our brewing family since early on who also does sales uh, we'll go out and just anytime we're we're anywhere we we make sure we chat up with uh, the bartenders and the people who own places and make sure they know that we're around and that you know we'd be happy to to drop beer off and we're a small self-distributed brewery and hopefully easy to work with but i yeah. <laughs> i guess i i would always say that but <laughs> i'll let them talk to you so tell everyone um one more time where they can find you the sure. physical address virtual addresses where should people keep up to date on everything crooked crab gotcha so 8251 telegraph road in odenton maryland come on by we're online at www.crookedcrabbrewing.com uh, instagram facebook twitter at crooked crab beer see all our upcoming brews uh our food trucks our bands everything is uh digitally available <laughs> all right so one other thing we do in every episode is you get to do a shot of our um hop infused oh. single malt whiskey which you know i i've been saying the wrong thing for the longest time because i'm a moron and don't know a whole <laughs> lot about whiskey um I always thought single malt meant that there was only one type of malt. Uh-huh. Uh, apparently, that is not what it means. Uh, it means that there's only malted barley. So I've been saying it was 100% chocolate malt. Um, I've had enough uh, brewers say, wow, that's crazy how they make it so strong with just chocolate malt. And I've heard that enough times where I was like, I don't know. So I got straightened out. It's not just chocolate malt. It's... Um, it's like 25% chocolate malt, 75% two-row distiller's malt. Okay. Um, I wouldn't have called you out on it. A, wait, plenty of people have. So, <laughs> so it, it became quickly um, aware. I became quickly aware that I was wrong, and I don't know what I'm talking about. Well, join the um, club because I'm with you anytime I get asked brewing questions. So uh, this was aged a month in a two-liter barrel. There will be some available probably in 2020 that's out of the barrel that's currently sitting at McClintock who I made this with um, aging uh, so thank you for yeah. coming out here thank you um, thank you Craft Alliance Packaging Solutions for supporting Uncapped po- Podcast and thank you everyone for watching and listening cheers, cheers. the Uncapped Podcast is produced by Graham Cullen and me Chris Sands be sure to like us on Facebook and if you've enjoyed these podcasts please leave us a review on Google Play or the iTunes store A special thanks to Double Motorcycle for providing our theme music. Thanks for listening.